Welcome to Pagan Gumbo Podcast. This is an ongoing discussion of the philosophical and practical perspectives on nature-based spirituality. We will be exploring both the ancient and modern perspectives and how we conceptualize our place in the universe and the universe itself. This is a discussion more about the questions than any answers. It's an examination that takes place as a result of the dialogue. As always, your mileage may vary, and it is a way to look at things, not the way to look at things. Our intent is to mix up interviews and discussion and offer up a new serving about every other week. Please check us out at pagangumbo.com. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. If you have questions or suggested topics, send them to questions at pagangumbo.com. And welcome to another episode of Pagan Gumbo. This is Forrest. I am here with Lisa, Seamus, and Michael. And every other week, we bring you another serving of discussion about pagan matters, pantheistic beliefs, practices, and rituals. And today, our subject is Lunasa. Am I saying that right? Close enough. Close enough for that. So, As I like to sometimes say, there are no ancient Irish or ancient Norse here that can really argue our pronunciation right. so we do our best that's a, that's a excellent point there'll be one. Oh, probably don't tell us to cease and desist oh that guy <laughs> oh we should probably tell that story some other time <laughs> yeah you're not doing it right if you don't get a complaint right uh, so, that's right this is true so, true. so Lunasa <laughs> tell me all about it so guys. let's keep doing it wrong <laughs> Well, it's this holiday, and we celebrate, it's usually the first weekend in August. Yeah, it's the first of the Harvest Festivals? It is. Yeah. It's the first of what has become the first of the Harvest Festivals. Um, it's one of the four cross-quarter days that are derived from Irish tradition. Um, and as you can hear by the name, it's uh, honoring the god Lu. Lu Lavada. Lu Lu which means Lu of the long arm, and then Lu Sawildana. No idea. It has many more letters in it than it sounds. <laughs> and that is Lu the many skilled. There are uh, a lot of different associations with Lunasa. So the primary one that you hear a lot is the idea of sovereignty, specifically sovereignty of or over the land. Um, there are a wide variety of traditions uh, throughout Ireland and, and the Celtic lands. And I know that in Gaul, August 1st was uh, had a festival on it that was co-opted by the Emperor Augustus as his festival because it was a sovereignty festival in central Gaul. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those who don't know what Gaul is, is, is actually France. <laughs> Uh, in, in the modern uh, on the modern map, um, but Gaul was a, a Celtic country that had been conquered by Julius Caesar, and so when Augustus uh, came to power, he took that particular sovereignty festival over and made it his own. So we know that there was a sovereignty festival there because it was usurped by the Romans, 
And, uh, and it happened in August. It did. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine that. Shockingly. That's so convenient. Um, so speaking of uh, usurping festivals, you also mentioned that another name for this particular time of year, which was Lamas, was uh, that that name is actually given to it by uh, an attempt at Christianization. But yeah, it's the, uh, the, the loaf mass uh, in Anglo-Saxon. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lamas comes from that. Any, any holiday that ends in the word mass, so Lamas or or Christmas, um, <laughs> is typically a, a Christian name for a holiday. It's, it's an attempt at Christianization. So while the holiday may pre-exist, it's an attempt to pull out the name. So in our current knowledge of, of the more pure pagan forms of this festival, what were some of the rituals and traditions and, and practices associated with it? Mythologically speaking, um, this is a, a celebration of most often the, the first battle of Moitura and the aftermath of that battle, which is one of the, in the cycle of invasions and the, the cycle of the, the process of settling Ireland. Um, the gods of Ireland come to Ireland and find that there are already people there and try to drive them out. It's kind of a really simple way of putting it. And the first time they try and do that, manage all that well, and um, they are sent to sort of wander the land and lose foster mother Telcha, um, seeing that the people are starving, clears the land for them and does all the planting, and then dies after all of that exertion, which is why there's plenty of farmland now in Ireland. But uh, after that, the uh, Lou in states funeral games in her honor. And so one of the many traditions that you find around Lunasa is a gathering of the tribes to celebrate that, that coming together and that sovereignty. And there, they compete in feats of skill and strength and all sorts of stuff. Races and throwing rocks and cables and all that sort of stuff. Island games. Yeah. Island games. It's more Scottish thing. Yeah. But, uh, but, well, you know, they, there, there's a lot of... It, it's... Proving yourself as a warrior, as a as a as a person, and uh, it's uh, that's probably the primary thing that a lot of people will do if they have a group or a group that they get together with. That's one of the many things that they do at their celebrations. Um, there are also places in Ireland that celebrate Lunasa as the marriage of um, which is not at all. Um, there are local. Festivals that celebrate that instead of the feeling of culture. It works out to some degree if Beltane was the time of, I want to put this, hooking up. <laughs> Then Lunasa would be about. <laughs> then Lunasa would be about the time that any kinds of fruits of that hooking up would become noticeable, noticeable. or at least oh. or at least known about, if not noticeable. And so the association of Lou with marriage, Lunasa with marriage, kind of has a logical human kind of connection. Yes, it does. Yeah, and this too. I mentioned we talked about Beltan, but Beltan's a really a time of separation. Uh, the, the men go to, to war or work in the fields, the women go to the hills and to, to, and the fields to, to tend the, uh, the animals, the herds. 
And so they come back together and they gather the time. And so this is a time for coming together, seeing, you know, that person that you saw at Beltan last, perhaps, <laughs> and getting a surprise. Um, <laughs> so, yes, the associated with marriage is not at all uh, unfounded. Um, I like to, when, when I do work around Renaissance, I, I tend to, to focus it really very heavily on you know, the feminine aspects of things and, and women because of that connection to culture. Um, I see it as a, as a feminine holiday. I'm going to create a dichotomy there. I'm not really doing simple right now. But, um, <laughs> or that you may not want to. Or that you may not. But yeah, it, it's that, that's kind of the, when, when I think about it, I, I, I focus on that because of the, the work that Telcha did what she did is that question made um, for the uh, tribe. So. so in uh, contemporary festivals, contemporary pagan festivals that y'all have attended, what types of, of uh, rituals? We talked about the, the games, you know, the feats of strength and, and proving one's medal. Um, what other kinds of symbols and, and gestures do you see going on? Well, it's the beginning of the harvest season, and that and that works out well in our particular climate. It meshes fairly nicely, so we don't have to do a lot of right. moving around of, of concepts and ideas. Um, so a lot of times there will be a harvest theme to it. I think it's the grain harvest. No, it's the fruit harvest. Fruit harvest. Mm-hmm. Grain harvest is Mabin. Um, uh, is it? Okay. Grain, grain fruit, fruit blood. blood. Bread. Grainus. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Oh, right. Come with me, guys. We'll catch up so, so regardless, so in um, you know Ohio, we've got corn everywhere, which is a grain. Um, so thanks being given for the plenty of that particular crop or any particular grain crop. And so um, themes about being thankful for the harvest um, physically, but then also the symbolic harvesting. If you plant it, if you go in a more symbolic thing with your group or alone where you planted seeds of wanting something to happen in the spring, then timing wise things to happen, the harvest would happen in the fall would start to happen at the beginning of August. And I I remember in one of our previous episodes, Lisa, you were talking about going real Martha Stewart with your altars. Oh, right. Yeah. So what is your altar for Lunasal? It's yellow. Um, and it's not on August 1st necessarily. So one of the things that I like to do at home is pay attention to what's going on in the the ecological world around me. Mm-hmm. So we have gardens, mostly for this purpose, but also because I like to garden and have food outside my back door. It's kind of difficult to set. So for me, Lunasa would happen whenever a lot of harvesting starts. So maybe when the tomatoes ripen, right. And especially, um, Reynoldsburg is the home of the tomato. So, and it's not really grain. Um, we tried to grow corn and it didn't work, but it's that first kind of massive amounts of harvest that happens. Um, even though my plants don't seem to want to go to any calendar, get on the same page ever, but that seems to be kind of like when the bulk of stuff that you planted around Belton, would start to be able to be available for harvest. Yeah. I, I see a lot of people at ritual offering first fruits mm-hmm. in the garden. I will do that. Throw which my first tomato into the fire pit. 
yeah. as an offering. And that's a very common offering for, for this. People who raise berries might do that in mm-hmm. summer, mm-hmm. but anyone who doesn't raise berries and raises just about anything else would mm-hmm. do that. So would this be Johnny Barley time? Would this be Woden time? Would this be Corn Dolly time? I I've seen it in, in in sort of more Wiccan festivals and events that I've been at. That seems to take place more towards the autumn equinox. Okay, but I mean each group is you know going to do their own thing. But it seems like that's why I was sort of confused about the grain fruit thing. Is some groups would put that at autumn equinox. It's it's a climate thing in many ways because. Here in central Ohio, when we think about grain, we think about corn. The corn doesn't come ripe until Halloweenish, almost. It's, it's not. It's not any good until about yeah. beginning of September. Yeah. So it's when we're talking about the, the wheat that's grown. Corn is corn as a word, as an Indo-European word, really means grain. And when we talk about that kind of grain, we're talking about wheat. Really, in in Europe, we're mm-hmm. not talking about the maize that we have here in the States. Um, but, so, when we think corn as Americans, we think about something that's harvested later than what the Europeans would have been harvesting at that time. So right. There's that piece to it. But Lisa brought up a really good, good point, which is anything that you sow the seeds of, either literally or metaphorically, um, in the spring, is this is when we're going to start seeing the results, and we're going to start kind of benefiting, <coughs> benefiting from our for, from our own previous labors. And so. Well, we had talked at uh, at midsummer that 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 was at the height of your strain. Yeah. That's when you know if you made your New Year's resolution, you had planted something, you had made a spell, that there was some kind of yearly thing that you were doing that was at the height. Well, this is at the uh, you you should be reaping those things at this point. Or at least know what's going on. This is a good time for divination. If you're not sure something you're planning is going to manifest, this is a good time to check in on it and yeah. say, oh, is that, is there more I need to do? Is that uh, an idea that just wasn't going to get off the ground? It's a good time to check those sorts mm-hmm. of things, too. Again, much like, you know, what you sort of and Anyway, <laughs> it might be showing up right around the sun. You should see some progress in something right around the sun. I know for me, it's it's the games and the modern interpretation here in Central Ohio for those games is the Irish Festival. The Dublin Irish, the Dublin Irish Festival always happens that weekend, and to me, that is just the perfect um, celebration that would you know had it continued. It's it's you know three days of music and, and tradition and, and, and gathering of the tribes. And if it you really is. if you read your Irish folklore, they don't do anything in Irish mythology without three days of feasting beforehand. So it makes sense that the Irish festival would take three days to do all that stuff. <laughs> Not just a weekend convenience. Yeah, it's always the first weekend in, in August. Now, if you're in Central Ohio, the, the Dublin Irish Festival is a, a lovely thing to do. Um, this year in 2017, it's uh, August 4th, 5th, and 6th. And on the 6th, um, we'll actually, through Cranes Grove, ADF, will be doing a Druid service um, hey. where they bring us in and we get up on stage and we do a Druid ritual. Um, it's typically at about 10 a.m. It is again this year. Um, 
And this isn't the first time. This is what, ninth year in a row, eighth year in a row? Uh, yeah, something like that. So we, this we've is lost long. track. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Oh, wow. We are almost out of that game. I think next year is, is 10 years of doing this. Um, so if a total noob is walking in to see this ritual, <laughs> what can they... Uh, we get many of those. Yes. <laughs> well, this is this particular ritual is, is through Crane's largest ritual of the year. Um, we get anywhere between 250 to 300, 400 people um, showing up to this one, depending on the weather. Typically, <laughs> it, it is it's under and not all druids. Um, yeah, they're not all druids, That's <laughs> or even pagan. Um, and uh, it, it's. It's very different from our usual rites because we're not standing in the circle or um, we're not all surrounded by a stage. We no have fire. audio equipment. It's it's very different than what we typically do, but it's a whole lot of fun and it gives a, it gives us a chance to um, to to really showcase kind of what druidry can be for the for large numbers of people. It is, to me, it's the best example of what Isaac expected from ADF and from Druidry as a public ritual reaching the masses. And for anybody who's not familiar, Isaac is Isaac Bonwitz, who is, is, is he considered the founder of the ADF? He, he from is ADF. the founder of ADF. Um, and um, he passed back in uh, 2010, I think. Shortly we thereafter, our first, our first he we had gotten word that he was not doing well at the beginning, um, right before we were going on. So we videoed it, and we don't. We like to think that they played it for him, but we don't know if they actually did. It arrived before he passed, but yeah. um, I think Isaac's there every year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, and this year we're, we're going to actually live stream it. We got uh, permission from Dublin to do that. Oh, wonderful! So assuming that the technology works out, we're going to do that. Um, and uh, so you'll be able to watch it on uh, the Two Cranes Grove Media Facebook page, probably, or perhaps YouTube. I haven't actually figured out. It'll probably be Facebook. Um, Would that be info at threecranes.org if they have questions for that? Three Cranes at threecranes.org. Three Cranes at threecranes.org. Yeah, all spelled out. Three Cranes. Okay. So that sounds to me like a, a really good introduction for people who have never experienced paganism in any form. It is. We get a lot of people showing up who've never experienced paganism in any form. Um, <laughs> I know the first couple of years, they didn't know what they'd walked in. <laughs> we still get some of that, I think. Yeah. Um, usually nobody leaves after we start. No, no. We, we get maybe one or two people who might walk out during the, the service, but for the most part, people stay. I, watch, I the, the first year, we didn't know what to do afterwards. That's true. People were, were handing us money. We didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's a harvest of sorts. Well, well all it is. The proceeds go to the Dublin uh, food, food pantry, bank. Or one of the food nice. banks up there, and nice. uh, and, and we don't take, you know, we don't pass a plate. So this yeah. is really weird for us to ask for donations um, after the during the service. Most of the other services, they, they've got food in baskets and they do regular offertory. They have a special song. We just never do that. Right. Um, we never thought of it. We, you know, it just wasn't something that was in our our. Our blood, our DNA. So, so when when we were done and people started handing us, you know, we had nowhere to put it. We had no basket, so it was it was a little bit, yeah. you know, Keystone Cops there. That, that <laughs> I, I, I think they learned from that because they gave us baskets. Yeah, but, I think everybody's got uh, baskets now. It's kind of adorable. Yeah, but that to me is the essence of 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 this holiday is that coming together of people again, going back to that coming together of tribes and family and friends and, and people you haven't seen and. I know we talked about that a little bit with Comfest, but I can't always spiritually put my head 
into every harvest holiday. There's so many of them. It's right. like, har- you know, we have plant, 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 plant. Wait. Celebrate the sun. Harvest, 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 harvest. <laughs> Celebrate the night. Um, so to me, th- those are the type of things that help me get into those other holidays. And, and for me, that, that, that Dublin Irish uh, celebration or any type of fall festival or county fair or anything that has that energy is the living tradition of what those would have been. Yeah. Here's the thing that, that sort of guides me through those three harvesty sort of festivals, you know, so on like lots and, and salad. I, I look at it and it's the acorns have just started at the oak trees are dropping the acorns um, and by salad, the oak trees have lost their leaves. And so those not, are, back not our oak. Yeah, those, those, those kind of the, the our oak tree lost, their, lost its leaves last week. Yeah. So, so no, that's, a good, that's a great that, way to sort yeah, of exactly. lead me wow. to that. So, yeah. I wanted to... Oh, are we done? No, no, go ahead. Well, I just wanted to just sort of... There's a name, you know, with this fire festival, there's a name of the deity in the fire festival. So if you're, if somebody's doing devotional work with, um, especially Irish paganism, um, knowing some information about who Lou was and what other things he did, um, there's a lot of stuff out there he, about him being a solar deity, as we talked about last time. I think um, probably not necessarily an ancient conception of Lou. Um, that I, if there was a sun deity, it was probably female um, for the bright Irish. And shiny, but not bright and shining, but all gods are sort of referred to by those sort of, of words. So they're, and they can't, I guess they could all be sun deities, but they're not. Not all gods that shine are the sun. Right. Are stars in the sky. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, if somebody has experienced Lou as a solar deity, then that's, Rock on, but as the the Irish would not have necessarily, the ancient Irish would not have necessarily seen in that way. I think you meant shine, right? <laughs> you crazy <laughs> diamonds. You crazy diamonds. <laughs> but um, he's he's called the many skilled, and one of the and the reason is because when he comes to the doors of Terra, which is the fort that the Tuatha Dé and are sort of holed up in while they're planning the second battle of Moitora, he knocks on the door. And this is all foretold in prophecy. He knocks on the door, and I'm going to blank on the different things that he says he is. But he, the person answers the door and says, who are you? And he gives a false name because he has to come in without people knowing who he actually is. And he says, well, I'm a, a I don't remember the order. I'm a, I'm a bronzer. I am a uh, blacksmith. I am a this. I'm, and every time he says something, the door warden says, oh, we already have one of those. We already have one of those. And he goes through, he's a cupbearer. He's a champion. He's a hero. Goes through, there's 11 things. And the 12th time he knocks, he says, well, do you have anybody who is all of those things in one? Well, no. (laughs) And so they let him in, and that's how he lets him in. Um, And then he uh, is chosen to be engages in some feats to prove his worth. And then he's chosen to be their leader as they go into battle with the second battle Moitura, where they defeat the four Vari. Um, and so as a deity, um, to work with, if somebody has multiple skills or multiple talents, or even who is sort of 
pulled pulled into multiple directions. Mm-hmm. Wearing a lot of hats. Yeah, who has to who has to wear a lot of hats? Not necessarily, you know, scattered or whatever, but just has to do a lot of things. He's a deity that can really. He knows what that sort of is like. Mm. And so he can be a deity that you can work with on those sorts of issues. I, uh, I, I call out to him as well for um, job interviews. Okay, yeah. Oh, because yeah. It, that's what it was. <laughs> Knocking at the door was um, a job interview. Yeah, and so the, the prayer that I have, you know, you, know, you, you were a worker bronze, you were a blacksmith, you were a knight, or you were a poet, and you were a door, but you showed that you were all of these things. And you were let in as what you right. And that's mm-hmm. the, the gist of the prayer goes kind of like that. And uh, so, uh, call on Lou and say, Lou, help me in this endeavor that you help yourself. Mm-hmm. That's pretty great. What um, in in the vein of spellcraft that would be particularly apt at this time of year? What, what other uh, workings would you recommend doing? I mentioned the divination, right? You know, kind of a, a midpoint divination. You say, "Oh, it's the thing that I planted, something that's that's working." Mm-hmm. Um, anything involving harvest or bringing things together is good. Um, at this time of year, I like to to uh, reconnect with family. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we live far away from from much of our family, so this is a good time to yeah. take a trip or to. Um, call them up or, or something like that. Um, Perhaps or, mend some fences if, if uh, the relationships are strained. That would be something that would be done at these big gatherings. Mm-hmm. If you think in the the, the all thing in Iceland, mm-hmm. um, which is around the same, it might not be the same time of the year now that I'm thinking about it, but that same kind of thing where old grievances were put to rest. Yeah. Um, I think any of these large gatherings, there would have been an element of uh, peacemaking, frith-making. Yeah, frith-making, but uh, the legal thing, the uh, not court, but necessarily the assembly. There would be the the structure of, you know, you have a grievance with the O'Malley's because they, you know, we're going to fix that. Here's what you owe them a cow. Now get over it. Uh, but I, I, I'm struggling with the word mediation. Mediation, and there there would be that element in any of these large festivals like that. Um, there would be that uh, politicking, right? And, and Which does happen in our happens things. in our society. Is starting around that time usually, right. or should be starting around that time. Not, early. Never ends. Not earlier. Yes. <laughs> well, you do kind of move um, at that time of year from Leo into Virgo. Mm-hmm. You move from Leo. You move from Leo into Virgo. Your Leo is August. And, uh, yeah, like, uh, late July or mm-hmm. August. Um, so we're, we're kind of at the tail end of Leo, which is um, a little more about the, the individual in the presence of others. And then when we get into Virgo, we're talking about the ways in which we contribute our, our skills and talents mm-hmm. um, to our, our immediate friends and family. There you and go. How we, we yeah. collaborate. Mm-hmm. That is uh, also astrologically appropriate. I think it's a good bookend 
Um, so, so Mike said that um, he sees it as because of the association with Halcha as a more feminine holiday. But it bookends nicely with um, it's exactly six months after Imolk, mm. which is sacred to Brige, mm. another crafty, craftsy, not crafty, but craftsy goddess. Crafty. Yeah. And so, <laughs> but they they both have some similarities there. So perhaps if you started to learn a skill. Um, in honor of whoever or for whatever reason in February, then magically you could look to move on and your move up a level in your skill at Lunasa or level up time, level up time. Yeah. Or the reverse, right? You could pick up a skill at Lunasa with the goal of presenting it as being maybe, I don't know if mastered in six months would be possible. It might just depend upon to, to the next yeah. level of mastery for sure. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. You'd have something to show. Right. Right. We could go on forever. And we have. <laughs> have fun editing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so the, the original intent with, uh, for these was to keep them about 25 minutes. And uh, you know what? We're not always going to be able to do that. So <laughs> get on the treadmill and listen while you run or something. But uh, we're at about 27 minutes, so we're going to say goodbye. Bye. Bye. So, uh this episode has been brought to you by the Magical Druid here in Central Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, in the lovely neighborhood of Clintonville, and by Nui Cobalt Designs at NuiCobaltDesigns.com. Until we see you or you listen to us again, be good to yourself, be good to each other, walk in honor, balance, and wisdom.